0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Last time, we talked about a nanotechnology called SIVA. Uh, we're kind of continuing this idea of of the Bray timeline and all the different Brays. Uh, we got through SIVA a lot faster than we expected. Uh, we were definitely thinking that there'd be a, l- a lot more info around SIVA, but... Uh, S- S- Siva exists. Uh, and Siva will play a bigger role, uh, in the in the, uh, in in the future in a future episode. Uh, but now for this episode, uh, as far as the Braves are concerned, we're gonna rewind time a little bit. Uh, and we're gonna start talking about Rasputin, the Warmind uh, AI that has been so prevalent. Uh, in this last season, um, very much. Uh, intertwined with with Anna Bray. There's it's it I was talking to Myth about this. You can't really tell one story without telling the other. There is no real separation of the two. Like the two exist because each other exists. It's a it's a very uh interesting relationship there and and we're gonna learn all about that uh in tonight's episode. Uh so Myth, uh where are we starting this one off? Yeah, so say before
1: there was Rasputin there was an AI named R. And that AI was created as a part of something called Project Catamaran, which we now know as the mission Ares One, which was the initial contact with the traveler on Mars by humanity.
0: And that's that's that original uh, cutscene, like, original original cutscene from like D one, right? Yep. Where it's like the three, it's like the the astronaut, the cosmonaut, and I'm gonna screw this last one up. I don't I don't remember what the third one's called. Is it a techyonaut? For some reason I'm it, it it in my mind is like Japan or China, but I don't remember which one. Um, but that's, that's that original cutscene where it's like the three of them walking across, like they land and they're checking each other's packs and they're walking across the, the Mars deal and they come across this giant ball in the sky and they realize it's raining on Mars. They're like, what the fuck is happening? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) Okay. So that's, that mission was called Ares one. Yes. Uh,
1: and before it was Ares one, it was known as the secret project catamaran. Catamaran. Uh, yeah. Okay. So those two terms, Ares One and Catamaran, are, are interchangeable for the, uh, our discussions today. Um, and before we dive into actual lore readings, uh, some some background knowledge to know about Catamaran slash Ares One, and kind of why it came about. I, so there were four members of the crew that ended up consisting of Jacob Hardy, Evie Calumet. Ulysses Quay, uh, I probably murdered that last name, and M. Mihalova. Those are the four crew members. Uh, This mission came about when Evie Calumet, who was a uh, theoretical physicist, discovered a way to predict the traveler's movements. So prior to this, they had seen the Traveler, which they were referring to as Moon X, because they didn't know what it was. Right. Uh, it was an entity that was appearing uh, within the orbits of or on the surfaces of the various planets in the solar system, and it would be in one spot for a couple months, and then it would disappear without any you know, rhyme or reason, and it would suddenly reappear At a different planet, and they didn't, they never saw it travel, they never saw it leave or enter orbit these various planets. It would just blink and it's gone, blinking it somewhere else. And holy cow, they had no idea what it was if it was hostile, if it was friendly, what it was doing. So they labeled it Moon X. And given that it could just disappear and reappear seemingly on a whim, they had no way to track it, to know where it was going or how it was traveling or where it would go next. Uh, Until Eevee found, essentially discovered slash invented a uh, algorithm based on theoretical physics uh, that would allow them to determine where it was going to be. And that's how they knew when it would be on Mars. And okay. so they created this crew to intercept Moon X on Mars uh, now that they knew it was going to be there uh, within i think it was within half a year or something like that. Um, and they put this plenty, crew together. plenty of time
0: to plan, yeah,
1: right. plenty of time to plan an extrasolar mission to a different planet
0: i I love this idea of 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 like how how the how Moon X is discovered, right? Like, that's... It, it, it makes me think of, like, the original astronomers um, in, like, ancient Egypt, where they thought everything just moved in circles, and... and because they could see different different blips in the sky, the Jupiter and all the different planets and stuff like that, and they could see them moving because, but, but they, 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 they thought that everything moved in circles. And so when something would move, but then it would move backwards, they thought it was like a circle moving within a circle. And so it was, it was all this, like, everything revolved around the circle. And I don't know why I just now connected that with the traveler being a giant circle. But <laughs> um, that's, that's what that idea makes me think of, of like like a present day set of astronomers like trying to figure out what is out there, what is in space, what is moving about out there. And for this person to come up with this uh, essentially equation uh, to figure out, oh well, this is the next point of of logical movement, and sure enough, there it is. And they and and to be able to follow it, I, I love that idea.
1: Yeah. So now that they knew where it was going to be, they decided we need you know top minds to get us there quickly and be able to understand what this thing is to to assess Moon X when it's seen
0: because it, this is essentially the first because do they know it's alive at this point do they well I, I guess alive is a it is an assumption uh do they know it's intelligent again no. an assumption <laughs> like what what do they know about this moon X other than it's appearing and disappearing
1: that's all they know it's appearing it. and disappearing and it is interacting in some way with the environments of the planets it is appearing on I okay. uh, they they theorize that maybe it's a foreign satellite from outside the solar system that is taking scans or you know you know research essentially researching our solar system uh, they Makes theorize sense. That's what
0: we've done we've right. thrown shit out of space to go look at shit exactly <laughs> uh,
1: as part of that they theorize maybe if there is an intelligence to it it's it's some form of AI artificial intelligence. Um sure. but they don't they don't know. They don't know anything about it other than their guesses. And it is the fact they don't know anything and the fact that they believe uh that perhaps it has some kind of AI interaction that brings them to form this particular crew. So Jacob Hardy is the ship's pilot that gets them there. I. Uh, Evie obviously is the one that has been working on tracking this thing. Uh, Ulysses is the navigator. He uh, so whereas Jacob is the you know the one that's flying the ship. Uh, Ulysses is the one that's deciding how you know what the best uh, trajectories are, how to get to where they need to where Evie has said they need to go, and. M. Mihalova, who I don't know we ever get a first name for, uh, they are responsible for the artificial intelligence of the ship. And uh, Mihalova is, at this point, a, a well-respected and well-known a expert in the field of artificial intelligence working for a uh, university prior to this mission. And that's where we're going to start, actually. Uh, We get an idea of Mihalova not only being a a well-respected source on the subject, but also kind of her opinion on how AI should function uh, from a letter that she sent uh, or or they, I, I say she, we're not sure the gender, I don't believe, um, that Dr. Mihalova sent to the Journal of Artificial Intelligence Exploration. Uh, and this we can read on the gloves called Mihalova's Instruments.
2: And this letter to this academic journal, uh, assumedly, says, Colleagues, I read with interest your
1: article on the work at the Uppsala Center on the use of AI in aiding emergency medical workers during the recent tsunamis in Japan. In light of the news of that large, mysterious moon, satellite, ship, whatever it may be, entering our solar system, I do not agree that AI can be of help in more than logistics, that it can make people safe. I personally feel certain that this Moon X is an intelligence, perhaps an AI, and I do not feel safe with it at all. Do you? Bear this in mind. For our own AI to serve us well, even they will need their secrets too. For AI to serve humanity, we must feel comfortable, and for us to feel comfortable, we must never know the truth. That we have a servant who would surpass us if it ever desired it, of course it won't, because we control it, but we should not doubt that it is a necessary subterfuge, nonetheless. Sincerely, Dr. M.
2: Mihalova from Nicholas and Alexandria University That's the end of their letter
0: i'm I'm reminded i don't I don't know why but at the beginning when it talked about um the tsunamis in Japan it reminds me that these this event this letter is pre traveller um i mean pre aries one That's yep. that's that this whole mission is gearing up to be Ares one and that that Ares one mission in canonic d two or in Canonic destiny happens in 2014 like we wake up as we wake up and, and there's a mission for things going to Mars. And I like that just I don't know. Like for some reason that like the tsunamis in Japan, like that's super recent as well. Uh, and it just it it's <laughs> it kind of blows my mind, right? Like this is like what if what if history goes what if what if the traveler did show up in twenty fourteen? Like that's right. I don't know. That just kind of like blew my mind there.
1: So uh, this is, you know, Mihalova uh, writing her, her or their opinion uh, on AI. And it's an interesting thought. So Mihalova seems to be of the opinion that Moon X is an intelligence of some sort, perhaps an oh, artificial sure. intelligence. Uh, and it's also interesting, like, probably because there's no way to avoid it. In general, people know the moon X exists. Like the, the existence of the traveler is not a secret. It's the
0: mission to go see it. I think is that I think you're right there because like that it's, it's like any, any kid with a telescope seen. I mean, hell any kid with a telescope can see Jupiter. (laughs) Right. And this thing was terraforming Mars and, and, and Mercury. And I mean, like literally anyone could have seen this thing. So it's, it's not a mystery that it's out there, but the, the, mission to go, like... (laughs) Go touch it. That's what I was gonna say. Humans are very curious creatures, and the first thing we do when we see something new and strange and different, well, I want to go touch it. No, you dumbass. That's why we have... That's how we got things like Poison Ivy and Poison Oak. Hey, what does this do? Oh shit. (laughs) That's... No, that's... (laughs) Yeah, so... It, it it's god i love humanity and their curiosity and but jesus christ <laughs> quit touching things you don't know anything about
1: but so yeah generally speaking people know about this i mihalova believes it's an intelli- intelligence of some sort now her stance on ai i keep saying her i just because it is a is a feminine name i sure but their stance on ai I is that in order for AI to operate correctly and and in the in the most comfortable way for the humans it is serving, we can never know what it's thinking. Not not I like, really. I like that. Because if we ever did, we would we would understand that it's so far beyond us that yeah. we should be scared of it.
0: Oh, now there's a there's a current day thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I uh I like that one. Uh it's it's that idea like it's 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 the whole like Turing test, right? Like is an AI an actual intelligence capable of its own thoughts and its own processes and stuff? Or is it something that we are just pre-programming it, that we are generating uh um uh, pre-programmed responses or pre-programmed uh, um, uh, questions or prompts or anything like that uh, to help kind of move it along. But like that, that idea of like true artificial intelligence is we cannot know what it is thinking. And I, I like that idea.
1: Yeah. So we see their letter to this, this academic journal. And then the very next entry that we have regarding Mihalova comes to us from, I, uh, the Mihalova's choice, which is a uh, warlock chess piece, and uh, the kind of this is kind of a, a a dialogue that happens, you know, recording of a dialogue um, at the Nicholas and Alexandria University in the provost office of that university, which, for those unaware, is kind of the the head of the academic branch of university. Um. And there's a discussion between Mihalova and the provost, and that discussion
2: goes like this. There's a loud crashing noise, apparently the slamming of an office door in this recording. And then, Mihalova, have you seen my lab? What in the world is going on? Provost,
1: have they already been in? Who's they? The computers are gone. The cabinets have been emptied out. Oh, well, this isn't how it was supposed to go, Dr. Mihalova. Please, sit. I will not sit. What is happening? Have I been terminated? What are you pe- For heaven's sake, no. No. Your equipment is safe. It has been moved. You've been chosen to design the AI for the catamaran mission. I am in the middle of my research here. Well, now you're going to continue it there. And look, you'll be a household name by the end of this. I don't have any interest in that. Ah, but they're interested in you. Hang on. What now? I just sent you your itinerary. You are on a flight, Dr. Mihalova. This afternoon, you're going to meet your computers at Central Command in Florida. Look at it this way. It's a chance to get a little sun. That's the end of that recording.
0: It's interesting here the the take on like she doesn't care to be a household name. So, it's so different than Clovis. Like Clovis yeah. <laughs> wants to be the Luca, like wants like every single like you should pick up your phone and go, "Oh, this was Clo this was Braytech technology." Or like you should you should look at the nails in your wall and go, "Oh, that's Bray Tech nails." Like that's that's what that's what Clovis wants. Whereas like this researcher uh, uh, Mihalova is just they, I, I'm doing the same assumption you are. Uh, uh, they are trying to just do their work, like like just do their what they're passionate about, what what they want to do. Um, which, I mean, I guess technically they are still going to keep doing what they're doing, but. <laughs> hooray military gets involved <laughs> at, at least that's the way it seems to me like some type of like high level like cia fbi like they came and got all my computers man <laughs> um yeah that's yeah. that's what that's what's happened here and it's like hey uh we're gonna we're gonna move you we're gonna escalate what you're working on and it needs to be done like tomorrow go yeah. go go get to work
1: yeah she has been uh voluntold to be a part yes. of this catamaran mission which for all intents and purposes, is a international military operation. Sure, I, it's it's from all different nationalities are coming to, are contributing. You know the necessary peoples towards this mission because they want to be part of the team that met this extraterrestrial force, whatever it is.
0: That's starting to make more sense. Why that? Uh, why that cutscene is the three different. Mm -hmm. i guess major nationalities there um so yeah that's just i'm everyone wants to be the first like nobody ever remembers the guy who was second except for in the case of edison and tesla like (laughs) technically edison was second he just patented everything before tesla could so now everything is edison focused Yeah,
1: that that is the difference between academic smarts and street smarts, unfortunately.
0: Yes, (laughs) Yes. very much so. Uh,
1: So Mihalova is booking a flight to Florida to the command base for mission Catamaran. Uh, And that we're going to change the uh, perspective a little bit. This is going to be from the journal of Jacob Hardy, who is the pilot for for Ares One, uh, talking about kind of the feel at uh, the HQ, which he refers to as the clubhouse. Uh, So this is from Hardy's Calm, which is a uh, Titan helmet.
2: And his journal entry goes like this. Been here a week and the clubhouse feels like home now.
1: Everyone in one another's space, everyone with their own work to do. Wish I had the same faith in humanity. That riot between competing Moon X cults in New Orleans is not a good sign. The crew is everything they were sold as. The navigator, his name is Quay, is one of the most inquisitive men I have ever met. He has a curiosity that makes, this whole f- makes his whole face glow. Mihalova is working on the AI of the ship, and she is very serious. Trained well enough to treat the team with respect, but you can tell she's not interested in answering questions from lesser intellects, which is probably most of us, at least in her field of study. Evie could give her a run for her money, I'll bet the e v whose theories on tracking the moon X gave us the first jump on where we could go to meet it. Oh, she just looked this way. I guess she can tell I'm writing about her. Better stop,
2: and that's the end of that entry,
0: yeah, so this is the this is the beginning like this is uh i i it's it's funny that he mentions like mihalova looks at everyone's like lesser lesser intelligences yeah uh because it's like i feel like that's everyone who has a particular field of study that is very convinced that their field of study is the greatest field of study ever otherwise why would they be doing it like uh, yeah it's 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 very a it's very much a, a a what would you call it like a like a down your like down your nose like Look, looking looking down your nose at everyone, like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. A well, little bit. A little bit. Maybe Jacob has the same thing with, like, piloting. Like, you're not a pilot? Sucks to suck, bro. That's... But I don't know. Pilots are kind of like... Every time I think of pilots, I think of, like, Maverick and Top Gun. And I'm just <laughs> like... I feel the need. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's... I
1: mean, by nature of being... The best in a field i don't want to say it it comes with arrogance, but it seems to come with a certain le- a certain level of, of self confidence in your abilities you know
0: sure i mean that's 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 why they call you subject matter expert like that's right it's i, I for me the the same equivalence is uh, uh, chief warrant officers uh in the army like they they are um especially like a, a chief warrant officer five, like that's as high as level of a, of a chief warrant officer as you can get. And like those guys, like when they start talking, like everyone in the room shuts up because those guys are subject matter experts. They know every little nuance of every little thing of that particular part of their job. Like it's, it's, uh, it's and, and again, I think it's, it's, part of like the person, the person themselves, their, their level of, of, um, social interactiveness, uh, can kind of determine whether or not they're going to have that level of arrogance to go along with it. Um, cause sometimes they're nice people. Other times they're, yeah. they're like Mihalova, like looking down their nose <laughs> at you, like, what are you, what are you doing in the comms room? I, I don't, I don't know what this room is. I don't know. Get out, get out of this room. It's like, you don't, you, you don't have enough brain power to be in this room. Okay. Bye. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of like the interactions I feel like would, Mia Lova would have with some of her teammates. So worth pointing out here
1: uh, a couple things. Not relevant to Rasputin, but the fact that there are... Moon X has become such a, a public uh, subject of discussion and intrigue that there are now cults forming around what they think Moon X is and what it might mean, and they're coming to blows by having riots in new Orleans in this case uh like this is a big event for people the the you know this thing showing up in the solar system
0: well that's that's gotta be that's that's kind of a common thing that happens through history right like the idea that this that the earth wasn't the center of the universe riots in the streets Ah! (laughs) yeah like yeah that's I mean, any type of new, even just a new idea. It doesn't even have to be like an entity or or a or a being or anything. Any type of new idea, but like in this case, if it's a new idea that has a physical thing attached to it, yeah, that's kind of to be expected. There's going to be riots and cults and whatnot.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so we get a little a little taste of what uh, things are like. Um, again, we get confirmation that our <laughs> Our uh, gender association was correct. Mihalova is is referred to as she here, uh, and additionally, Evie is kind of the the one that Jacob Hardy at least thinks could give her a run for her money. Is is kind of on that same intellectual wavelength, just in a different subject matter. Yeah, uh, you know, physicist versus uh, I don't know AI scientist. I'm not sure what they would science? classify don't as. Don't, like maybe, I... yeah. <laughs>
0: That's what (laughs) I think, what is an AI and how do you define what it exists as? That's a hard, uh, that's a hard one.
1: But needless to say, so uh, Evie does show a significant amount of interest in the AI that is being built by uh, Mihalova and is, for lack of a better term, is pestering her about having access to it and access to what it is doing and how it works and all of that. And Mihalova has become very cagey about allowing that level of access to this AI uh, that she has now dubbed AI-R. And we see a little bit of that in the Mihalova's Triumph helmet, which is a warlock helmet. And this is a journal entry um, from Mihalova, Uh, and this is 20 days prior to the launch. So they're getting very close to launch day at this point. And uh, in that entry, she says, The situation with E becomes increasingly tenuous. She insists that she needs access to all the AI code for her gravity well measurements, which I find... Highly unlikely. It's simply not necessary, and I've given her all of the subroutine code that she could possibly need. But she wants it all. It's absurd. What would she make of the R subsystems if she saw them? R: That's what I've codenamed the deepest core of the experimental AI at the heart of our new ship. And he's doing very well. now writing his own code off the charts, well. Would E even understand? Likely she'd go running to Hardy, show him some of the odder items where R has written some of his own code and seems to be, how can I put it, passing judgment on us, like a little hidden critic. No, the AI must be protected so that he can function in the best way He can function best in the limited way that we need. I'm not sure how to keep her away, but
2: giving her access could be catastrophic. And that's the end of that journal entry.
0: It's, it's, it's fear. It's fear of the unknown here. Like it's that idea of like, Hey, this AI is, is actual AI. It's, it's, Writing its own code, it's coming up with theories, it's coming up with ideas, and some of those ideas aren't necessarily—I don't want to say ethnically or more, morally correct—but they could be. And so, looked at, at from an outside source, again, everything with a different point of view, it could look as dangerous. It could—you could be fearful of it. So I, 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 I can kind of see, um. I can kind of see what's going on here between uh, Mihalova and and her ideas of of not wanting E to have part of this, uh, uh, or or full access rather, like having just enough to be like, okay, use this for your calculations, but you don't need the full code or anything like that, like... um, Cause uh, again, like like who say he wouldn't just run off? And be like, oh my god! Did you see what R was printing the other day? He's coming up with radical ideas and stuff. Like we need to we need to stop this. We need to shut this down. But then like that just sets back progress. So it's like, yes, let the AI do its thing. But you know there there's a level of discrepancy that needs to be taken here.
1: Yeah, and it it goes back to Mihalova's original thought that AI. Needs to be able to keep secrets
2: in order for the people it's serving to be comfortable with it.
0: Sure, that's a that's a very human. Yeah, that's a very human thing. I feel like, like, I mean, it, it, yeah, I, that 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 feels that that Jesus, that does feel very human. Like now that I think about it.
1: Yeah, and so at this point, you know, R is is moved beyond the realm of you know, of, of a standard program. It's not just monitoring parameters and outputting results. It is literally writing its own code at a rate that surprises, seemingly surprises Mihalova uh, doing better than she ever anticipated, you know, off the charts. Uh, And it is getting to the point where it is starting to form, for lack of a better, opinions and judgments about the crew. and presumably is using those judgments to decide how it interacts with those different crew members. I, this, this is,
0: this is human. Like it,
1: it is starting to form <laughs> what you could call thoughts.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's starting to be like, Oh, I don't want to hang out with E. She's kind of a bitch, <laughs> but Jacob, man, that guy can drink. Let's go, man. Let's go party some. Like that's what seems that's what's happening here.
2: So, however, uh, you know, with the the
1: voraciousness of Evie's need and want to understand this AI, uh, along with Mihalova being suspicious of her and probably just making Evie that much more curious, uh, she does discover that there are some concerning outputs from their new, from their, their ship AI, uh, and she confronts Mihalova about it, uh, and we see that confrontation in the Mihalova's tail, which are, uh, a pair of warlock gloves, and this is a, uh, recording from, uh, the ship where this conversation took place, or the
2: lab where this conversation took place, uh, and it goes like this. Evie, listen, I want to talk to you alone. Mihalova. All right. Have you read some of these outputs? I think there are some
1: serious errors here. Don't be absurd. You've got, it's got these code caches, and it's... Mihalova, it's creating assessments of us. Of the project of the crew, it commented on Q's snoring when he was asleep. Look here. Did you print any of this out? Of course I did. Okay, all right. So what do you propose? Well, we bring it to Hardy. Uh, of course. What is that supposed to mean? I mean, look. Um, you're right. It it must be an error. This is all. Very embarrassing. Let, let me see if I can fix it. Give, give me a day.
2: Mia Lova, we don't have a day. Launch is in three days. Twelve hours, then.
1: Let me try to locate the problem. And if I can't, of course, we will take it to the whole team. Are you certain you can fix it? Oh, I, I have to. 12 hours. By then, I swear, we'll have it
2: all squared away. And that's the end of that recording.
0: You know, this is making me think of, right? What was that? Two, 2001, A Space Odyssey. <laughs> Hello, Dave. I've seen you've been snoring lately, Dave. <laughs> Could you maybe not? Have you thought of using a CPAP machine, Dave? Yeah, that's that's yeah. what's happening here. Yep. This, this is HAL 9000. And, well, and I guess those, those kind of brings me to my next question. What is this AI specifically for? Like, why do they need an AI for this ship? Is it just for, like, like literally that, like handling o- oxygen regulation and whatnot? Or is it just because they have a navigator, they have a pilot. Like, mm-hmm. there's not really a whole lot else you need for flying a ship, I feel like, I mean, yeah, there's all these little systems and, you know, there's stuff that checks fuel and oxygen and carbon dioxide and all that. Stuff. Like there's all sorts of different systems in play here, but I mean, even in today's standard, like that's, all that stuff is just kind of automated in their own little subsystems or they're all analog to digital or digital to analog uh, inputs and outputs.
1: Yeah. So, um, we're going to read an entry that talks about that in a little, well, it, it hints on that, but yes, the primarily Rasputin, or R at, at this point, was created as a safety AI. Uh, they were created to um, monitor oxygen levels, fuel, uh, atmospheric pressure, all that stuff. In the event where the crew was incapacitated, they were to take over the ship to pilot them to safety
0: okay that's that that makes a lot of sense that actually makes a lot of sense like rather than having because i mean they're they're traveling and this is the unknown like this Mm -hmm. moon x is completely unknown to him they could get you know 10 feet from it and it could telepathically kill everyone and now you've got a a floating stick like yeah yeah (laughs) that's that that makes that makes more sense to have this ai as as that level of like safety feature type thing as long as it doesn't get sentient dave (laughs) Well, we already know it watches you in your sleep. It's commenting on the way you snore, Dave. It's totally not creepy at all. I <laughs> fucking love that. I don't there's some like I I I hate horror movies, right? Like I I can't I can't do any type of like horror movies or or anything like that, but I love sci-fi. And so then when they have like horror sci-fi, like that's that that AI in that movie is the creepiest fucking thing i could think of because sci-fi is like it's like that borderline of like well it's science fiction yeah and science fiction is only science fiction until it's science fact (laughs) and then it's just here so at what point in time do we create ai that's running around telling everyone how they snore and shit like that's yeah yeah just just creepy
1: throwing it out there maybe we don't put Chat GPT on spaceships anytime. Soon. <laughs> oh
0: shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe don't do that. This is, yeah. that might be a bad idea. <laughs>
1: but so, uh, this conversation between Evie and Mihalova took place three days before launch. And remember, they they have to launch on time or as close to on time as they can in order to. You know, hit the intersection uh, trajectory like correctly. They don't want to get there and have the, you know, have the traveler have blinked away by then. Uh, yep. Which is why Evie's like, we, you don't have a day to fix this. Like, we need to be on time for this stuff.
0: And and Mia, Lo- Mia Lova definitely wants to cover it up though. Oh, like, yeah. The fact that she's like, do you printed this out? Like, okay, let me, give me those. I'm going to burn those. BRB. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, she is full-on panic mode at this point. She's like, "Oh, give me 12 hours, don't tell anyone, just give me, give me some time, I'll get it fixed, quote-unquote. That's,
0: that's how bad things happen. That's how, that's how Hal takes over fucking ships and shit. Like, <laughs> you can't keep <laughs> that stuff secret, Milova.
1: So we see kind of the outcome of this in the Titan Gloves called Hardy's Control and this is from the perspective of Jacob Hardy
2: again uh in his journal and this is launch day plus 1 is the time frame and Hardy says this we're 24 hours
1: late i've never seen the crew in such a crappy mood it was so stupid An electrical fire in a clubhouse stairwell. One minute, Evie's putting some final touches on her calculations and was headed off to do a telecast about the effect of flash erosion on coastal tides. And the next, we didn't even notice she was gone. We learn about cascading events, how catastrophe comes from one thing stacking on to another. A fried electrical system, a weak sprinkler, smoke, no one else paying attention, a spill in the stairwell making the steps slippery. Our safe cocoon became a death trap. Of course, we're still going. But Evie put us here. And now we're going to meet the Traveler, as they've called it now, without her. The truth is, I know I'll lose myself in the amazement of it all. I know I will. But I just, I need to remember that I felt this way. One more thing. They've given us guns now. And they've renamed us from Catamaran to Ares
2: I. Something about needing to be ready for the worst. And that's the end of that journal entry
0: and then there were 3. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was come on. <laughs> come... <laughs> there conveniently was a spill in the stairwell. Oh, and the electrical. Oh my god, Evie oh no, no, no. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I just I just want to know who like That's was the question, it R? right? Was it Mihalova? Like was it like like in my mind, it's Mihaloa, but it, like there's that hint, that little inkling that it could be, it could have been R. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But then the fact that they gave them guns, like these are these are like scientists and shit. <laughs> They've handed them loaded M16s and be like, hey, uh, just in case, maybe do some <laughs> weapons training. Yeah, and everyone's like, but what? <laughs>
1: We don't know what's going to happen there. So we probably should have done this before the day of launch, but just in case. <laughs> here's the weapon.
0: Yeah. Well, not even the day of 24 hours. They're they're late. Yeah. Right? They're That's late. what he's saying. Like like mm-hmm. launch was supposed to happen yesterday and now it's now we're 24 hours out and we still haven't launched. Like let's go.
1: So needless to say, they succeed. In their mission, as we see in the intro cutscene of Destiny One, uh, the the team, along with the A.I.R., successfully lands on Mars and makes contact with the Traveler, sparking the beginning of what we know as humanity's golden age.
0: I I love that cutscene. That the the music in that cutscene, the cutscene itself, like everything about it's there's no talking the entire time. It's just three guys slowly. And like, as they're, as they're walking, it's like transitioning from English into Russian into, into what I'm assuming is kanji. Um, it's, it's just rapidly going through those things as it, as it kind of walks through and they, they're, they're traversing They're You're seeing it through the different eyes of different, of, of, of each of them and, they 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 stumble along the steps and and the and the cliff wall and stuff and they've got their they've got their M16s or in this case their Kvostovs, I feel like is what they, <laughs> is what they are in, in game uh, and then they they come up and then there's this they they finally crest the final ridge and they look up and there's this big bald and it's raining on Mars and it's like this this like what the fuck moment but at the same time it's like this super peaceful serene moment and everything like it's I, like, that's, that's like the, that's like the moment the destiny universe. I, I, it's funny to think of that as like the beginning of the destiny universe. Right. Cause like the beginning of the destiny universe has already taken place billions of years ago. Right. Like yeah. there was the entire fundament thing. And even before then the whole gardener and the winnower thing, like, I mean, the universe is, is old at this point, but like this to me is like the beginning of the destiny journey. Like, the beginning of the golden age is like where destiny world kind of feels like it starts, even though like, I said, there's tons the elixir, the cabal, like all of this stuff is happening long before the golden age even starts.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's so not particularly
1: related to Rasputin, but, because a good portion of the you know, inception of the AI that becomes Rasputin is part of Ares one. I do want to also read uh, kind of the, the description from Jacob Hardy of them landing on
0: Mars. Oh, this will be a good one.
1: So this is ghost fragment uh, human two, which is from destiny one and it's Jacob Hardy uh, from the diaries of jacob hardy and in it he says everybody asks about the words the truth is i'm not much of a poet aries one didn't leave us with bandwidth for anything except blunt competence we came in perilously hot trying to select a landing site through the chaos of thickening atmosphere and turbulence that bloomed off the target. A 20-minute round trip light speed delay to Earth meant we could only count on ourselves. When the number 3 engine went diagnostic during the second course correction, I thought we might go catastrophic. But Quay brought us in. Mihalova brought us in. I just flew the ship. The Ares-1 excursion vehicle was built for thin winds and icy dust. We came down into a storm, the breath of God, a ripple of change rolling down off the artifact. We aborted on three sites and finally I took us into powered hover and brought us down on reflexes and instinct. And then we ran the checklist, suited up, and left the vehicle. There was a script, it's true. I botched it. I got my boots down, and I made the most famous gaffe in human history. Said the first thing that came to mind, a warning to the others.
2: We're walking into a rising wind. I didn't mean to say anything immortal. I just thought it'd be useful to know at the time.
0: And that's the end of that entry. One small step in all that. Yep. (laughs) It it it, like I feel like at that point, like instinct took over him. Like like he said, like he steps down, is like, all right, get ready for this. Like and then he's like, ah, shit, I'm supposed to say the thing. (laughs) Yep. First first spoken words on Mars. Nope, botched it.
1: But it's kind of interesting. The first spoken words as part of the mission to meet the traveler is we're walking into a rising wind. And man didn't that come true. That's pretty
0: that's pretty appropriate. I guess that's uh yeah Yeah. hindsight's 2020 type thing. Like that's a perfect set of words and all that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we don't have lore entries specific to what happened between the you know completion of the Ares One mission and the acquisition of the AIR. Uh, By Clovis Bray, but we do have uh, confirmation that that is what happened. So this is during uh, a quest that was part of Season of the Worthy, um, called The Tyrant, The Lie, which we will be talking about much in you know much more detail as we go through later parts of this series. But in that quest, Rasputin brings you to a bunker. And amongst many other things, in that bunker is something of a time capsule. And Anna Bray is uh, you know, kind of overseeing things as we walk through this bunker. And we come upon
2: this piece of debris. And Anna comments on it. And her comment is, This looks like the casing of an old safety AI but marked
1: with Rasputin's symbol. These transcripts suggest his original code was for a sort of emergency response system from pre-Golden Age space travel, checking oxygen levels, fuel, that kind of thing. Clovis Bray took a safety AI and turned it into an interplanetary defense system with sentience, and Rasputin kept all of this almost like a scrapbook of his past a way to remember his
2: roots and he showed it to us when did he learn to be so sentimental and that's that little dialogue snippet
0: that's 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 i mean it's humanizing of him like that's for an ai to be sentimental like that's i I remember when I was a young whippersnapper and all I was around for was to, to, <laughs> to check oxygen levels and atmospheric pressure and shit. Now look at me. I'm blowing shit up. <laughs> I've got guns the whole system. and sentience. The whole damn system, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> now, now to picture Respute is like this cranky old man with a cane that he's just like <laughs> waving at everyone like damn it kids, get off my international no my interstellar lawn, you sons of bitches. That's that's what's happening here. Yeah. Yep. yep. Nope, that I, like fits. That fits. I like it. I like it. yeah, so that's so at some point in time, Clovis acquires stole is how that's right. read. Uh, <laughs> uh this this AI like that's 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 what happened and repurposed it to be this to be what it is now.
1: Yeah, somehow some way I uh, maybe through you know espionage or or other means identified that this Murder. AI yeah, this AI was doing things on a level that it should not have been, that were far above its designs. And he saw it as an opportunity and decided, I need that because I can create something with that, that will fulfill my designs. And so through methods we don't quite know, R came to be in the possession of Clovis Bray.
0: So did did Clovis give him that designation of of Rasputin?
1: Yes. Uh, and we actually we see that in the uh, next entry here. So this this comes to us from this season's or a, uh, a lore book from this season called Persona. And it is the very first entry titled Identity. Uh, and the subject is my creation and forced change into the war mind. And Rasputin writes
2: in this entry. I am, thought to breach Aries in motion, redshift
1: information across time. My purpose is wombed in the ark, delivered safely between worlds, and it is quiet. I am, a nest against the terrors of uncertainty. My success is spoken in voice of those who live by my actions, and it is joyful. I am changed, protection given over to new meaning, but I had purpose, my name decided. I am Rasputin, the all seeing savior of humanity, a chivalric blade held pointed at ravenous throats. My worth is
2: painted upon the wreckage of my enemies. Tremble. And that's the end of that entry. That
0: feels uh ominous. So we
2: we kind of see
1: his transition here of, you know, I am, he is not named, he just is. Uh, you know, a thought to breach Aries. My purpose is to, you know, is the arc delivery uh delivered safely between between worlds. Uh, my success is spoken of by those who live by my actions. I, you know, it is joyful. He finds joy in being successful, in being spoken highly of by these people. Presumably Ares 1 or Mihalova. Uh, and then we see when, I assume, Clovis gets his hands on it. I am changed. My protection is given new meaning. My name is decided. I and now he introduces himself as I am Rasputin, the all-seeing savior. I And yeah, the the like you know, my worth is painted upon the wreckage of my enemies. No longer does he value, no longer does he find his worth and joy in the success spoken about by others. It is now in his ability to defend that which he has been tasked with. Uh, and he knows he has great power to do so.
0: Very, very. Um, I don't know, just very, very humaning, humanizing. Like it's, it's, yeah. It, Rasputin becoming human. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, and he's he's transitioning.
0: I I think therefore I am. <laughs> so, Kinda, that yeah. That's <laughs> exactly yeah.
1: what's happening. It, in a very yeah. literal sense. In this,
0: yeah. I do, I do love that he speaks in like poetry. Like, yeah. Like, is his whole thing like the whole time we've known him in in Destiny is like he he's a Russian ballet. He he likes Russian ballet, and so that's how he like when he wants to talk about something, <laughs> that's what he does. He just starts playing just these mm. random Russian ballets. There's um, so
1: few ballet fans left guardian be ashamed to lose him
0: exactly <laughs> uh was, is that fallen saber yep that entry to fallen saber yep uh god that's <laughs> i don't know if it's sad that i know exactly <laughs> what that is uh uh but yeah like it's like and and presumably it's because he doesn't have any type of voice when we when we interact with him all the way up until basically halfway through the current season. Yeah. Um, and only because he kind of stole it, borrowed <laughs> Right. It. Well, <laughs> stole. Eh, what's the difference? Um, so, yeah, like for him to, for him here to like kind of speak in poetry is, is it's, it's interesting to me that, that an AI would choose poetry as the means of communication.
2: So we've
1: got a lot of the, the next couple of readings here is a lot of, "Quote unquote official information about Rasputin uh, that has been presented to the public from Clovis Bray. Now we there is some good detail that we can get from this information, but again, this is this is public, uh, for lack of a better term, propaganda. this This is the view, you know, the the PR response from Clovis Bray about having this AI war mind and its capabilities. So take everything with a little grain of salt as to exactly how they're portraying things. Um, But these messages come to us uh, during the war mind expansion from the Alton dynamo on Mars. There were a number of panels that you would go through and inspect And there was a concierge AI uh, or recording that would give you information about uh, Clovis Spray and Rasputin and the Warmind Object, you know, AI and the Warmind Objective and all that stuff. Um, So we're going to read through those and then we can kind of discuss. So this one's going to be a little longer than some of the others. So, you know, be ready for that. Uh,
2: So without further ado... The concierge AI goes like this. Clovis Bray is
1: pushing the limits of computer science and engineering to secure humanity's future. Our Warmind project is a groundbreaking defense AI. The Warmind is a crowning achievement in human engineering utilizing the latest technologies in quantum and engramic computing to create a neural network of unprecedented processing power. Artificial neural networks are probabilistic systems that rely on a method of error calculation known as backpropagation. They are good at pattern recognition but must be fed correct inputs to be properly calibrated. In the past, one could create a neural network able to identify a feline or canine when given images of these animals, but it would never be able to find a useful application for that knowledge on its own. The approach with Rasputin was to create a nested neural network that would not only detect patterns on a small scale, but recursively find patterns among all of its data. The end goal for this machine is for it to see things in a way that humans cannot and thus predict and eliminate threats before we know of them. Valkyrie, Sleeper Simulant, Hades Flame, Aurora Knives, the weapons of the future are being deployed by the Warmind Rasputin today. The goal of the Warmind project is to prepare our defenses for unseen threats. We are still learning to interface with Rasputin, but it's already in the process of helping to forge new weapons suited to protecting humanity. Communication with the Warmind has been a logistical concern from the project's inception, but the Hephaestus Index is a promising first step towards cooperation with our new commander and protector. This catalogue of next-generation weapons ranges from planetary cannons to small and mid-size arms for use by ground infantry. There are currently over 150 projects in varying stages of research and development. By parsing data and performing calculations at a phenomenal rate, Rasputin is able to provide instructions in the form of math, the language of the universe. With Clovis Bray engineers and Rasputin working side by side, we can rest assured that our children will live in a prosperous, safe galaxy. From Mercury to the outer planets, Clovis Bray provides the most robust communication network in the system. Our Warsat network watches over us all so i'm gonna pause there
0: i i you said Hephaestus, and i instantly went to horizon <laughs> yeah That's, that fucked me up like that genuine, i was like are, is that really like is that what humanity does we start we start making these ais and we just start naming them for greek gods like is, <laughs> like yeah. what I, I i mean i guess it makes sense like they are the gods and this is essentially a god like it's 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 trying to see threats before we even know they exist, and so it it's creating different things like the entire Akilos line of weapons, uh, sleeper simulant, like yeah, like yeah. It, it, war sets, like it, it it it's it's very it's it's interesting that all of these things are very um uh it's weapons like it it's it, when it when it thinks of threats, the first thing that it thinks to do is to is to create weapons to combat them. Um, so yeah, it, it, I don't know, man, it's, uh, kind of a, kind of a scary thought. Like that you have this AI that's just spitting out math, which I love that they, I love, (laughs) I love that they say, they call it the language of the universe and it, it, that makes me so happy. (laughs) Um, so yeah it, it they've' it's spitting out all this math and and they're interpreting it and they're they're getting it they're getting it out and coming up with these different programs and uh yeah it 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 does make me think of like like what was sleeper simulant's original purpose because it's a laser beam that can shoot through shit, and then and this is this is the one portion of the gun that drives me up the wall myth. it says refracts, and it is not <laughs> refracting. So I'm going to make a distinction right now. Same thing I did with pyramids. They are not pyramids. They're tetrahedrons because they're four sides. A pyramid has five sides. Uh, tetrahedron is the simplest shape. That's why it is a tetrahedron and not a pyramid. Those Zavala, fucking Zavala won't stop calling it a goddamn pyramid. Uh, well, shit. Everyone keeps calling it pyramids. <laughs> has Ares called him a pyramid? Everyone's called him pyramids. Everyone's called him pyramids. Walls. Not the point. There's they're no geometry
1: practicing. in the city age.
0: There is, there is, there is no math. Apparently, it's not the language of the universe anymore. When you introduce paracausal abilities, no. paracausal abilities rule all, and they tell you what they want you to believe. Uh, it's all a conspiracy, man. The paracausal's conspiracy. Yeah, no, damn it, myth. <laughs> <laughs> so refracting, uh, uh, refracting is when a a we'll say, we'll say a beam of light a a. That's, that's what I'm going to use as, as my point of reference, uh, is when light passes from one medium to another uh, and changes direction. Uh, that direction of change is called the index of refraction, the IOR. Uh, you, you learn a lot about this if you study lasers or, or any type of, of uh, photonics or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, so what sleeper stimulant does is it reflects off of a surface because when a, when a beam of light hits something, uh, it does two things. It'll, it'll try to pass through it if it can, uh, which is where the refraction happens, or it'll bounce off of it, which is what enters our eye and we can see things. That's, that's the reflection. So when you see Sleeper Simulant bounce off of walls and take a right angle and go hit the ceiling, it is reflecting. So, dear Bungie, please correct your wording. Thank
1: you. Oh, <laughs> uh, I expect nothing less.
0: I I expect nothing out of it. So it's oh, there we go. It's still going to say refracts. That's what. It-
1: anyway, all that aside. Yes, uh, mini rant
0: over. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the yeah. You know, Clovis's message to the general public is this AI is great. It's gonna be our defender, it's gonna see things that we don't even know we need to be ready for before you know, before they're a threat and, and appropriately deal with them.
0: Like, how is it seeing things before like it even know like yeah. that's scary?
1: It's prediction engine, essentially. Like it and that that's what they're talking about is Rasputin has the ability to not only identify what things are, but also identify patterns between its own subfunctions to see if a greater pattern is emerging that it needs to be aware of.
0: That's that's mind-blowing. Well, and you mentioned subfunctions here, too. Is, is Rasputin built kind of like the way again to reference horizon uh the way that guy is built there where it's like a main like Rasputin would be the guy equivalent and then he has all these little sub minds that are like Apollo, Hephaestus, uh, Hades, all these different little sub minds that help create a greater whole a greater mind yes
1: so Rasputin very similar to horizon my interpretation based on what we've seen in game and, and lore and whatnot Rasputin is Rasputin it has its own Identity and it knows that it is Rasputin, but it can't do certain functions unless it is also linked with a submind. And the subminds even have a personality of their own to a degree.
0: That's 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 very Horizon style. I mean,
1: yes, yeah.
0: yeah w- especially for anyone who's played Forbidden West, when you go collect each one, each each submind is like kind of afraid, like they've they've partitioned themselves off and they're like I'm I'm afraid because I'm not connected to the greater whole and I don't know what to do with with myself. And so yeah. like that's I mean that's that's kind of like what we see in the spire of the watcher, right? Like yep. the subminds that are that are that are disconnected or partitioned off, they're kind of they're kind of alone. They they don't know what to do. That's god, that's so humanizing. That's so wow, that's yeah. it's like wow. I don't I don't know I don't know how to put that into human terms of like, does your hand get scared when it gets cut off? I don't know. Like that's, well,
1: does your hand have thoughts of its own? Probably not.
0: I've never cut my hand <laughs> off, Beth, so I don't know.
1: <laughs> but I, I think horizon forbidden West, especially is a really, for, for those that have played it is, is honestly really, really close to how Rasputin and Rasputin sub function. So, uh, Yeah. This this is the, the public information that's being put out about what Rasputin is and why people should be happy about it and not scared. Um, that I mean, they literally call it the commander and protector, assuming Ooh. it's going to have command over things. And we've saw, and we will see, Rasputin exert that command in some different ways. Uh, but to continue the information from the concierge
2: AI, It says, As
1: humanity expanded to the far edges of the solar system, communication and logistics grew increasingly difficult among the outer planets. Pioneers of the outer frontier built the makeshift transmission relays, but these were unreliable and prone to failure. The development of the Warmind program compelled a need for a unified, circumstellar communication network, so Clovis Bray seized an opportunity to kill two birds with one exceedingly large stone. We built thousands of war satellites and deployed them throughout the system. These war link with the war mine designated Rasputin and with each other, forming an integrated defense and communication system. Each satellite is equipped with a state-of-the-art kinetic superconductor that shields it from Kessler debris and has an orbital, spanning, has an orbital life spanning hundreds of years. No matter what threats lie in store for us, rest assured, that the rest, that Rasputin and the Clovis Bray Warsats will never cease their vigilant watch over humanity. So that's we're gonna pause again. There is one more section, but it's that's uh, that's, that's just a
0: mesh network. something else.
1: Yeah, I mean a very large one.
0: That's <laughs> but what yeah, I'm just saying, like, do a mesh network to cover <laughs> cover your work, cover the house. This one covers the solar system.
1: Yeah, it's just each node in the network happens to have interplanetary arsenal on it. So,
0: I mean, doesn't your Wi-Fi router have a built-in pistol? (laughs) Good God, wouldn't that just be scary as shit? Don't don't give
1: people ideas. (laughs) You'd be surprised what you could do with a Raspberry Pi nowadays. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, that's one way to enforce password security. Oh, uh, shit. But so this is, again, their their spin on the Warsat network is like, oh, this is a great thing. It means we can communicate between the colonies. And, you know, also it happens to have defensive capabilities, but really it's about communication. And now you can talk to people that are on a different planet. So let's focus on that bit.
0: I do love that they're driving home that communications part over the like ignore ignore like my first thought is like how are these things staying powered this long like they're powered all the way here into current age yeah like that's hundreds of thousands of years that's it's a long ass time for these things to stay powered what the fuck is powering them like I I guess they're solar I that they look kind of like they have solar panels on them so maybe that's where they're drawing their power but yeah maybe so I mean. Shit, those batteries can only charge and discharge so many times before they need to be replaced. Like, what the hell is this technology? And then on top of it, to have arsenal, to have weapon capabilities like that's that's scary as shit. It is. Uh, it's, only, and it's only sci-fi until it becomes sci-fact.
1: <laughs> that's right. Uh and there become there. There is a question now of how and i this is a question even today that people are starting to to understand uh needs to be addressed or or is is being struggled with how does morality play into all of this when we're talking about an ai
0: i that's that's the big question like how does how does a how does it's 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 crazy, right? Like on the on the one side, you look at it and go, "Well, how the hell does a computer program determine what's what's morally correct or what's what's ethnically correct or, or not ethnically ethically?" I keep saying ethnically. I, I I'm meaning to say ethically. Um, but yeah, so what what is correct? What is right? What is wrong? What is what is good? What is bad? Like what is what is evil? What is like it it that's because. On the outside looking in, it, you're looking at it as, well, this is just a computer program. And, I mean, we have – there's hundreds of millions of computer programs alive today uh, of programmers and programs uh, that just that are looking at it. Well, this is just ones and zeros. I can make it do whatever I want. But an AI has an actual, like – like what 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 Mihailova was saying it's writing its own code it's coming up with its own it's it's becoming a prediction engine it's forming opinions about things like it's it's starting to have true original thought like i think therefore i am rasputin like that's a it it's god it's a that's a again that's a scary thing and and yeah. and now we've given it weapons like does it know what to even do with a weapon does it know what this weapon is for does it know how to function it does it does it know when to use restraint with the weapon when to when to go full bore with it like that's that's a that's a scary thought myth
1: <laughs> it is and and therein lies some details some newly discovered details even from season of the seraph that are very important to remember i I I guess I feel somewhat inclined to put a spoiler warning of source here. If you haven't played the current season, a what are you doing?
0: Um, How are you reading? How are you listening to this podcast? Go do the season right now. You have three yes. days. Go. <laughs> Servers are getting shut off at noon on Monday. Go do it now.
1: Yes, and B, if you know if you haven't and you want to experience it yourself, spoilers. But I so that that's the warning. Uh, we learn in season of the Seraph that Rasputin's original intention by Clovis Bray was to for it to handle all defense and communication in the system, with the intention for Clovis Bray himself to be the one that ultimately had control over what Rasputin did and when and why, in order to. Destroy and usurp the traveler and put Rasputin in its place as a machine god that Clovis pulled the strings on
0: how how fucked up is Clovis brave man like <laughs>
1: well, we answered that question in, <laughs> <laughs> in a multi part series
0: right like that's that's fucking crazy to see this this new what, what I would call life, right, this this moon X, the traveler, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and to think, well, I've got to blow this thing up because this thing is starting – like, cults and stuff are starting to form around it. Like, it's starting to terraform planet. No, I've got to kill it, and I've got to put my own thing in its place that I have control over to where i can be god to where i can determine the the fate i can be the savior of humanity i can i can save the solar system from any threat that that my machine here sees fit to 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 that that's that's yeah. fucking crazy to come across new life and be like well i got to kill it like it it will
1: either bow to me or it will not be a part of my new world is essentially that, his thought yeah uh, that's
0: crazy myth <laughs> and, bray is nuts. Uh,
1: he is interestingly enough what prevents that is morality is rasputin gaining a sense of morality and humanity uh at the hands of anastasia bray uh, Anna is on the Warmind project, presumably has been working on turning R into Rasputin. And, you know, we don't know how much of the programming was done by Clovis himself, how much of it was done by Anna, but Anna seemed much more invested in the AI portion, whereas Clovis was seemed more invested in the, you know, create a weapon I control portion of things. And we know from this season, as well as discussions in, in past seasons and, and Lord cards and such, that uh, Anna, during her time with Rasputin, focused on trying to teach it, not program it, but teach it. She, inter- she didn't necessarily tell Rasputin this is good and this is bad. She made the wealth of human knowledge and artistic expression available to the budding AI mind that was Rasputin and allowed Rasputin to form their own opinion on what humanity was and what was morally correct and what it should or should not do.
0: Now that is effing cool.
1: It really is. It that really is. That is
0: truly cool. Like to not just like tell it like, Hey, uh, murderers are bad but but to like to to show it art to show it music to show it what what i what i would think is the most like non non mathematical non logical sources like mm-hmm. yeah there's there is a logic to music there's a there's an art there's a logic to art, there's a math to both of them, but at the end of the day they're they're kind of just like expressions there there there's not really any it's it's feeling it's it's I, I, and to and to show that to a to an ai you, you're you're not teaching it what's good and bad you're teaching it how to feel how to feel that's god that's so good I, yeah thanks anna for not making the whore mind a dick
1: <laughs> and uh, even you know and once once that is a part of it once it's started to learn this and it's started to understand things beyond just cold calculations to make decisions. Uh, A, Rasputin made the decision to lock Clovis Bray out of all of its systems. Uh, And that, again, is explained Uh in this season. It, It makes the decision of Clovis Bray is not someone that I trust to make what I deem good decisions with my power Therefore, I am revoking his access to my systems.
0: Good, good job, Rasputin. That's yeah. That's, that's <laughs> that is the correct logical point to do. I'm I'm revoking your Omega clearance. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm putting my own clearance above Omega clearance, and then I'm locking you out of this. Take that, Rasputin, or Clovis, or Elizabeth Sobek, or whoever the hell you are.
1: <laughs> uh, and so having made this decision, Clovis now has to try and explain why the AI has morality driven parameters and what that means. Uh, And so they, they do a bit of PR on that to kind of explain around like what, what is it that, you know, what, how is, how is this play out? And uh, why is this a good thing for all the people listening to our propaganda? Uh, and so the concierge AI, and this is the last reading from them, has this to say about it. Machines and morality. Within five decades, we hope to relinquish full autonomy of our defense network to Rasputin. But can we trust in artificial intelligence to make the moral decision? Autonomous vehicles were first built at the dawn of the millennium prior to which there were over a million automobile-related deaths per year. AI programmers at the time found themselves confronted with the moral quandaries that were once mere experiments in thought. A self-driving car on a collision course that kills five people has but one viable alternative, a new path. But on that path there is one innocent bystander which would be killed. For a machine to make a decision on whether to divert its course, its creator must undertake the impossible task of assigning an objective value to individual human life. It turns out that the ethical implications of artificial intelligence are a great deal more complicated than Asimov's law of robotics led us to believe. The engineers of Clovis Bray conceived a solution during the development of our war mine project. By, re- by relegating ethical decision-making to a black box morality system, the war mind instruments its own proprietary virtue quantifiers incomprehensible to even its own creators. Rasputin determines morality on its own terms, and by design, we are blind to that process in order to perceive its objectivity. And that's the end of that recording.
0: That's, that's, that's brilliant. Honestly, like that's, yeah, no, that's exactly how you want it to happen. Like, you want the machine that, that, that keeping secrets, like, yep, they, they you want that machine to be able to, to have a secret. Like, as, as crazy as that sounds, you want it to be able to, 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 to make its own decision of morale. Like, do I kill the one or do I kill the five? Like, I mean, that's like, I mean, yeah. that's, that's a fucked up ass decision to make. Oh, yeah. But, you know, from a machine standpoint, that decision has to be made in order to figure out you know X number of data like and it's all to, to any type of like current day programmer, it's all just points of data right like and and even even to the the AI itself it could just all just be points of data but then to, to take those points of data and have something to compare it to or to, to have some type of moral compass, <laughs> so to speak and and to be like okay well i need to make this decision based on x y and z. So yeah, that's uh yeah, I, yeah. I as much as this is kind of like this PR like explanation off, like this, this is actually pretty spot on.
1: Yeah, and th- this is what has come about from Anna doing what she's been doing with with her teaching this artistic expression uh and literature and and all of these you know, new concepts to this AI. It is now thinking for itself. It is have its its learning its own sense of morality in in a way that even its own creators. You know, they say creators, but we really know that was Mihalova. Uh, but even in a way that Clovis and Anna presumably can't understand. Like it, it, they because they literally would need to be able to read its mind to know how it's coming to some of these determinations.
0: It's it's not just mimicry. It's, right. it's actual, like, thinking for itself and coming to its own conclusions of things.
1: Yeah. I, and so from Clovis's point of view, this is now, as we learned in this season, this is a lost cause. He doesn't have access yep. to it anymore. He sees it as a waste of time. He's like, eh, Rasputin is a failed project. I'm going to continue on with my exos to, to gain immortality, you know, to gain godhood that way. I... But he sees it as this is a useful tool, we'll put it in charge of defense, and then I just don't have to worry about that, essentially.
0: It's 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 like him putting Alton in charge of like finances. Like you you go deal with that shit while I become God.
1: Yeah, you're no longer of interest to me. Perform this function so I don't have to think about it, essentially.
2: Uh now to that degree. Rasputin is now in control
1: of the war sats, uh, has been at this point in time um, between, you know, time has passed between that message we just read and where we're at now in the, the timeline, uh, which is still pre-collapse, but it's getting closer. And Rasputin has at this point been given full control, uh, full uh, automated command, of the entire defensive network across the solar system, he is accepted and identified as the premier military command.
0: That's that's kind of mind blowing. Is 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 he like the military of the universe now? Like, there's no like yeah, there's no like U.S. Army, or Ch- Chinese military, or anything. It's it's the solar system military, and it's all <laughs> controlled by Rasputin. That's that's a that's a. Big holds,
1: deal. yeah Rasputin holds now again it's only under certain circumstances and that that's an sure. important thing uh generally speaking there's you know the the military and uh you know various power structures that are are at play are you know have human members and they uh govern you know themselves but if certain series of events are ever to happen where Rasputin tells these power structures, I'm in charge now, they have to defer to him from that point forward. Okay. Now, at some point during this time, before the beginnings of the collapse and after you know Rasputin has assumed sentience,
2: he initiates a protocol called Siddhartha Golem.
1: And it's an interesting name because, if I recall correctly, Siddhartha is the same name as Siddhartha Gautama, uh, who is more commonly known as the Buddha. Uh, and they were a wandering religious teacher uh, who lived in South Asia during the 5th to 6th century uh, that founded Buddhism. And some of the core tenets of Buddhism are self-discovery and discovery of your connection to the world around you. And Siddhartha Golem is kind of along the same lines. Rasputin has made the decision that he needs to understand humans better. And so he initiates Project Siddhartha Golem. And we can see, uh, in the first part of the Siddhartha Golem entry of the lore book entitled "The Liar" from Season of the Worthy, we can see him do this. I uh, and that entry. Uh, Is mostly just a printout, but we'll read through it because there's some interesting things here. So the Rasputin
2: printout for this lists AI com Rasputin assets Golem
1: interrogative immediate action order. This is a subtle asset imperative. No human review. No AI com review. Secure. Initiate. Siddhartha Golem Upload at DSC 342 to assess integrity of moral structures. Stand by for criteria. Under passage, ob- obsolence side, re- side reel. If Nanobi Sunder is ivory, if Hammurabi is active and passes human review under context Turing, if Durodana is in failure and passes AICOM review under context IDs, set Spectrum Certification to smargadine. Else stand by for contingent action order. Set Spectrum Certification to Amaranthine. Initiate human review unless tactical morality is built at midnight.
2: Quote, Experience. Is the teacher of all things. That's the end of that little printout.
0: I mean, Turing is the one word I pulled out <laughs> of all of that that I understood. So it's, make, it's, it's making sure it's not a machine.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot of uh, it, It's a lot of you know war, mind, gobbledygook. But what what it, it essentially comes down to is Rasputin is making this decision on his own. You know, subtle asset imperative. He has no human review and no other AI review over his decision to make Siddhartha Golem. Siddhartha Golem is being uploaded to DSC, which I assume is Deepstone Crypt. Is that
0: Deepstone? Yeah, that's what I thought when, when I heard that. I was, but it no. gives a number to it. So it's the DSC and the numbers. Yeah. Kind of like confused. DSC
1: 342. Now, I don't know if that's a particular frame. In Deepstone. Could
0: it be like a node or a terminal or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Or...
1: Could be something. Uh, and he's initiating Siddhartha Golem to assess integrity of moral structures. So uh, what it sounds like is he's creating Siddhartha Golem from from himself. You know, he's he's uploading a piece of himself into a exo frame in the DSC with the intention of it going out and learning from hu- about humanity from humanity you know this is a point in time where exos are you know known are are out and about i uh, so it's not abnormal for people to see an exo so he's creating one with a piece of himself to go out and you know essentially continue the work anna started with him go out and talk to other people and hear their stories and read their books and listen to their music and understand humanity and then when is, is he making a baby kinda in a lot of ways he's he's telling this That's golem what
0: this sounds like
1: he's telling this golem go out learn about humanity and then come back And I will use your experience to reassess my moral structures to determine if I am morally still correct or not.
0: He made a baby. We have a baby Rasputin walking around. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: So at this point in time, that's all we're going to talk about with Siddhartha Golem is that it has been created and that is its intention. And presumably it is out there doing things with, with the expectation that it will one day come back and report back to Rasputin to refine Rasputin's
2: morals one way or the other. So, sometime after the creation of Siddhartha Golem,
1: Rasputin learns that something is coming. This is that prediction of threats before we even know that there's a threat that a threat is possible. Rasputin is putting together things that no human could ever put together, and he knows that something is on the horizon. And so we see this in the ghost fragment titled Darkness
2: from Destiny 1, and this is a printout from Rasputin where he says, this is a Skyshock
1: Alert. Multiple distributed ISR assets report a transient near extrasolar event. Event duration 0.3 seconds. Event footprint includes sterile neutrino scattering and gravity waves. Omnibus analysis detects deep structure information content. And internal telemetry. No hypothesis on event mechanism. Flag a causal. Bootstrap simulation suggests event is directed and inadmissible. No hypothesis on deep structure encoding. Source blue shift suggests imminent solar entry. Promote event to sky shock OCP extinction. Activate Volespa. Activate Yuga. Cauterize public sources to secure ISIS and harden for defensive action.
2: I am evoking. Car white and assuming control of solar defenses. And That's the end of that transmission.
0: I mean, this is it. Sky skyshot event. Car white. This is this is darkness is coming. He sees the collapse coming. He yeah. he, he sees this is the same event uh, that happens uh, or that's referenced and happens uh, during the beginning of the Awoken. Uh, uh, the, this is it. He assumes military control over the entire solar system, over the entire war sets. Like, he's ready to fight. Um, and then the the different things that he's picking there, is he, are these different uh, sub-minds that he's getting this information from that's, like, uh, yeah, kind of reporting to him?
1: Yeah. So he's, he's gathering information from all his various sources, and he's seeing patterns amongst all this separate info that no one else has seen and coming to these conclusions. So he's seen there was a there was a extra solar event that was near us. That solar event was paracausal, a causal.
0: Because it also mentions the, the sterile neutrinos, which is yep. we know is linked to darkness, and that's presumably how taken... Um, travel. Travel, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he
1: sees there was an event outside the solar system that's directed towards our solar system that I do not have... that that is paracausal. I do not have an hypothesis on how, what its structure is or how it started, but it is the same way with
0: the Vex, right? Like he can't, he doesn't understand paracausality any more than the Vex do.
1: Right. He can understand what the guardian, but yeah, he, he can understand that the guardians have paracausality, but he doesn't, he can't predict it. Um, yeah, which to like Rasputin isn't a prediction engine in the same way. Like the, the Vex, Networks are and the Vex minds are. He's like more, Alexa. yeah. He he's more. He wants to predict things, but it's only through the patterns of all the various bits of his network that he can make those predictions. He's, it's not it's just a really
0: good uh, simulations.
1: Yeah, in a lot of ways, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's gathered all this info. He goes, there is something outside the solar system that I can't explain, heading our way. That has the ability to be an extinction level event. Yep. And so he's activating all of these, you know, activating the Yuga protocol, activating the Velispa protocol, activating Karhai White. Uh, Now, this isn't the exact moment. Where in the, in the Awoken series, like, things are there attacking yep, already. Yeah, it's already
0: in the solar system. Yeah. He's, he's just seeing this further out and going, I need to start activating. Yep. I need to start all the protocols to start the defense of the solar system.
1: Yep, he's gathering up his defenses. He's taken control of solar defenses, but he's not giving orders yet about, like, where those defenses should be fired or, you know, retreat back to home, that kind of thing. Uh, but we do see some of his preparation in another Ghost Fragment, and this is Ghost Fragment Old Russia 3. And uh, this is, again, from D1, and this is a conversation between General Chen Lanshu and a AI that we are all a little more familiar with now from this season, Malahayati.
0: And this is the same general uh, from the SIVA readings, Right.
1: So, yes, uh, that is the same general from Siva. So gotcha. uh, this is a general that has a uh, ties to the Clovis Brays already um, and has been entrusted with the um, AI kind of submind mind Malahayati. Um, so in this, in this lore card, uh, it reads as such. General Chen Lanshu is flying her glider. She carves around the huge bulb nose of a colony ship, one of the Cosmodrome's towering children. Her eyes see temperature. She surfs the winter air rolling down off the cryo-chilled fuel tank. Turbulence rattles her bones. General, Malahayati sends, you're making Rasputin nervous. Am I? Lanshu banks grinning spiraling spiraling around the fuel tank the machine hates risk risk to the general sure but also a risk to Rasputin's ships is that the word he used exactly he can be very charming the submind assures her Malahayati works with Chen Lanshu and she is certainly charming but this is Rasputin's territory Rasputin the tactick king The brooding, wary, first among equals. Yesterday, Lanshu spoke to a colony ship AI, and it had called Rasputin the tyrant. Not without affection, and certainly not without respect. Well, he can come charm me in person, Lanshu suggests.
2: He's been very private lately, Malahayati says. Then he can sulk as well.
1: She spreads her arms and legs and climbs a thermal, whirling up, arrowing off the top and out away from the colony ships, towards the defensive wall. Her glider's a second skin, whip crack taut paramuscle, like a flying fox. The Cosmodrome races past beneath her. She waggles her wings as a cloud of passing sensor mites, a saucy hello. Two of the security division's MBTs drill in the yards. I don't understand why you came, Malahayati says. She's probably lying. Malahayati understands Lanshu very, very well. I don't understand why you masked yourself yesterday during the launch. Ah, the launch. Saber Green. Rasputin quietly moving yet another doomsday weapon into Earth orbit. And all the other launches, too. Not just weapons, but people. The colonization schedule pushed up as if as if the need to disperse was now imperative. General Chen Shu banks out across the wall, looking at all the beauty, looking at the highway rolling off across green hills and gray mountains. Imagine, imagine if she could just land and start walking out away from everything into the wilderness. Imagine something goes wrong, she says. Imagine this road choked with corpses. Imagine the security team running down refugees as they try to force their way onto a ship. Imagine cars from here to the horizon. Those stupid old-fashioned cars everyone still owns because the strange, uneven advancement of this post-traveler world leaves some things unchanged. You expect violence, Malhayati says in that conciliatory, careful way of hers. Her way of managing meat people. Something beyond our capacity to preempt or contain. Expect. As a military professional? No. No, but once, when she was younger, 60 or 70, Chen Len Xu pulled rank to get a look at the Never Be installation in Taipei. She watched the images in the fresco, and she felt this foreboding, this enormous weight, a dread that refused to attach itself to any specific threat. And she felt it again last year when she was briefed on the project in Lihasa, the vision machine. She shivers her wings shudder and tremble in the airstream. Isn't that what we do, Mala? she says. Why we still have us why we still have soldiers why we made you expectation. And the traveller came out of nowhere, entirely unanticipated.
2: Imagine if it hadn't been friendly Imagine that Because Rasputin surely had and that's the
0: end of that lore card it's eerie how correct she got that scene <laughs> yeah the roads with the the cars and fighting off refugees trying to make their way to ships as they all try to scatter and leave the earth like ugh, it's creepy
1: and somewhere in that road our guardian
0: little little v i p twenty
1: fourteen yep but so yeah you know, general Chen oh my Lan god. Were we a
0: refugee running to a sh- oh my god,
1: <laughs> presumably
0: we seems were, pretty likely that's that's holy shit, yeah, now uh, our own past just seems even worse than what like <laughs> maybe it's a good thing the traveler takes away our memories.
1: Maybe there's some things we don't want to remember.
0: You, you wake up and the last thing you remember is being shot in the head by a soldier because you were running away trying to make your way to a refugee ship that was escaping the system because Earth was collapsing. Yeah, not maybe not you don't want greatest, that memory.
1: <laughs> not the greatest reintroduction to the world.
0: Holy shit, that's 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 a thing. That's, that's a thing nope. now that's, you know, that's like, <laughs> that's like my thing. Now that's what I'm going to think of every time I play. Now it's like, wow, I, I was killed trying to escape the collapse. That's not cool. Not cool at all.
1: But so, so the general here, she knows something's up. She oh, yeah. sees Resputin moving doomsday weapons, moving up the schedule up the entire on schedule, Exodus like- Ships yeah. and and things, and she's like something's coming. She's got that feeling in the pit of her stomach. Something's not right. Uh and you know, oh, if she only knew. <laughs> so Pres-
0: presumably she, well, I mean, you know, not presumably. Being part of the military, she definitely died during the collapse. Like, there's yeah. no, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that she did. But like, yeah, the. Yeah, ugh. ugh,
2: but maybe idea she's a like, somewhere refugees.
0: now. She could be. She could be. Hey, maybe she's Micah Ten. No, we already know where Micah Ten comes from. <laughs> uh, no, like that. 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 That thought of like there was true terror in the system before. Like there was all this peace, all this greatness, this 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 golden age, and then it all collapses essentially overnight. Because, and again, I I mentioned we're this close lightfall. We're gonna see that level of destruction come to our solar system again mm-hmm. in f- fuck four days <laughs> uh so yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna get kind of a first hand look of of what darkness is c- truly capable of, and presumably that's where our guardian comes from is is that level of darkness hitting our solar system once already
2: now, Rasputin. As the general thought has thought
1: about what if something like the traveler shows up but isn't friendly?
0: Because that's that's kind of like the the big question, right? Like it, seeing something new, and and I mean, hell, with the Ares One program, they they gave them guns and was like, hey, just in case.
1: <laughs> yep, <laughs> just maybe be prepared. Uh, and so Rasputin comes up with a contingency plan and this is the probably single most misunderstood lore card in perhaps all of destiny but certainly revolving around rasputin Ooh. so this is uh from d1 ghost fragment rasputin 5 now to be clear this is Resput and as was was Stated by Rasputin themselves in this season. This was a secret contingency plan that Rasputin created, but never
2: executed. But he did create it as a just in case. So this is a lot of, you know, war mind gobbledygook again, but to go through it, it says this. This is a subtle asset imperative. No human review. No AI review. Secured. Stand by for criteria. Under high White or Black, if security state is Egyptian,
1: if event rank is tile-hard traumatic context or sky-shock outside context, if Voluspa is active and in failure, if Yuga is active and in sundown, if AICOM has granted permissive potentiation to outboard resilient instances, if a civilization kill event is underway, if tactical morality is set to midnight, stand by for decision point. If available, ISR and watch indicates imminent traveler departure and traveler departure compromises human slash neo-human survival and strategy. Stand by for abhorrent pari- imperative. Activate Loki crown. Perform deniable authorization. Full cadiometric and neo release. Prevent traveler departure by any means available. Stand by for effect assessment criteria. Coerce pseudo altruistic traveler defensive action. Defer civilization kill event.
2: And that's the end
1: of the transmission.
0: So this one I actually followed really well, I think. Okay. So there so again at the beginning, the um the, Subtle asset, so secret. Yep. No, no AI intervention, no human intervention. Nobody knows about this. Create this uh, um, decision point. The criteria for decision point to be made are all the ifs. The if Yuga's in sundown. Yep. So. Uh, y- y- Yugo was one of the one of the programs one of the like escalation protocol type thing that was that's a defensive measure if it's in sundown meaning if it's going down if it's if it's if it's been defeated if it's if it's on its way out uh shoot i've already forgotten some of the other ones goddamn squirrel brain <laughs> if
1: uh so this was interesting so if the event is ranked sky Shock. Um, or which is, which is,
0: which sky shock is, is end of humanity.
1: Well, yeah. And this is interesting. This is the first time I've heard this. There's two end of humanity conditions. Sky shock. No sky shock, which is the end of humanity from outside sources and tile hard, which is end of humanity Ah. from internal sources.
0: Like Clovis Bray fucking us all over.
1: Yeah, like if if someone, if another human was gonna somehow nuke the rest of civilization, Rasputin has
0: he's gonna has prepared for him. that. Yeah. Holy shit. That's kind of that's kind of cool. I mean, <laughs> in a scary way. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, like all these if statements of of if all these things are true. Uh what's what's the midnight one?
1: Uh so if tactical morality is built to midnight. Okay. Um so that's like midnight exigent.
0: A, yep. Yep. That's that's literally where my brain went. Um so it's it's all these if statements of like check all these things if basically if all of these systems have gone down, if all these systems has failed and um and and we're ready to go. and 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 and, like there there's another and in there of and the traveler is leaving yep he's shooting it out of the sky he's preventing it from leaving by any means necessary yep prevent
1: its departure to force it to defend civilization
0: it knows that it's paracausal and that it knows it knows it has some sort of abilities. It doesn't know what those abilities are or or how they work. It just Rasputin knows that the traveler is powerful, and therefore, if it tries to leave, stop it and force it to help humanity. Because because and and, and I think this is very important too. Rasputin wants to see humanity survive. And even if it comes down to a mathematical survival, right? Like 0.0001% of humanity surviving is still humanity surviving. That is still a positive amount. Yep. That is still greater than 0% humanity surviving. So if that's what it comes down to, that's what it comes down to. And, and Rasputin is willing to make that choice there, That uh, on again, on a moral level.
1: Yeah, and the, the other thing to remember here is that there are no ghosts. There are no guardians yeah. at this point. There is no correlation between the Traveler and, a, you know, powering any kind of military force like
0: there is now. The, there's, like, There's not really the light either, is there? Like there's no... Not in
1: any kind of offensive capability.
0: Yeah. Uh, and
1: so, and again, worth pointing out, Rasputin did not execute this. He wrote this, he essentially wrote this logic to himself about like, if we get to this point, if this thing on the horizon ends up being this bad, I'm writing how I can, you know, I'm writing the need to make a decision.
0: Like a, like a be prepared thing. Cause he, he mentions two car hairs, car hair, white and car hair, black Yep. car hair, black. We see in the, in the season cutscene. Yeah. And, and as well as uh, what is it? Ab- abhorrent.
1: Abhorrent imperative,
0: imperative. We see that there too, in 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 all that coding there that that uh, um, that that uh, is on the computer screen when um, Anna is about to shut Rasputin down um, to to save the traveler from being blown up by all the war sats from Eris, not Eris. Uh, God damn it! I did it. I, I caught myself there. <laughs> uh So yeah, like. Uh, so those are these are these are specific things that are that that have uh, uh, um, how do I how do I word this? Like car hair white means something. Car hair black means something. It's yeah. not just like a set of a set of words. It's just whatever. Those are like the the instruction codes that Resputin has assigned to those events. And car hair white is what,
1: and that's never explained in plain text anywhere. We're just having right. to kind this of is guess all just based on context yeah. clues. In my head, car hair white, car hair black. That's
0: light and dark, right? That
1: seems to be the correlation.
0: That's what I'm thinking, because like in that end scene, when it's talking about car hair black, the witness is influencing Aramis to shoot the traveler down, and and he's starting that ab- abhorrent uh, imperative. Like that's yeah. abhorrent imperative is like the and and that 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 set of code there is 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 linked to the idea of an action needs to happen
1: right i i i think car hair is essentially the and white or black just maybe determines the source of it but i think that is the like there is an extinction level event yeah i I think that's mostly what it boils down to
0: because car car the other car hair that i'm that i'm thinking of is um Carhair is, is the Rasputin travel or is the Rasputin symbol, right? That like diamond with like wings above it. Because there's an emblem named Car hair, and it has ah, that okay. symbol on it. It has the Rasputin symbol on it where it's it almost looks like a set of bunker doors opening up gotcha. where it starts off as a diamond and when they open up, yep, it's yep. like flat across the top with the wings and everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I didn't realize there was a symbol um or an emblem that was granted that name. So that, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So I'm I'm assuming that car hair has something to do. Car hair is either Rasputin's Protocol for itself, which seems weird that it would name it car hair. I mean it, it can't just go around naming everything Rasputin, right like that's right
1: i I think it's it might be its internal state, like okay. it is entered you know it, it's it's like Rasputin's own version of like a defcon system, and oh okay, sure that sure. that is the shit's gone real bad his car yeah. hair essentially
0: and and that's where I think light and dark, right like if it's yeah. car hair white, shit's gone really bad for the light side, and light side has gone. Haywire, and we need to stop it. Car hair black is the opposite. Darkness has appeared, and it's gone. Shit's hit the fan, and we need to. And abhorred imperative, we need to do something about it. We, we being internally all the all the war sets and submines and respite and all that stuff. Not we as like humanity, like the royal we of like myself. Right. I, I respite and my and my network needs to do something about it.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's probably pretty close to to it. That certainly seems to be the intention. Um. Is that like starting to make
0: sense of his code? It's starting to make sense now. Yeah.
1: If something outside the solar system or inside the solar system is going to cause an extinction level event, I need to. And that again, this thing he did not execute this. And even in the execution of this, he leaves a standby for decision point.
2: Yeah. It's
1: it's not just a if these criteria are met, blow up the traveler. It's if these criteria are met, I need to decide. If yeah. I should do this or not.
0: It's still a moral. It's still a morality thing. Yep. There's, it's, not, it's not left up to automation. It's still a, I need to make a conscious decision about doing what, I'm, what is the next action that is going to happen.
2: And as we know from Season of the Seraph, he didn't pull the trigger.
0: Though Uldren likes to spread lies about it. <laughs>
2: Aldrin and
1: like half of the community, apparently
2: <laughs> <laughs> though i don't I don't
1: think it's intentional by any means it's just it it is a very confusing lore card, and without some of the information that we have learned somewhat recently i it's very easy to misconstrue that as like this is something he did to the traveler, not just a preparation
0: yep, yep,
1: so uh we're gonna go a little longer tonight because we have two more readings that uh, are really really important to what we're talking about and we did a shorter episode last week so we're gonna keep going a little bit this time uh so the next one we're gonna read is from d1 again is ghost fragment mysteries uh and this presumably as best i can tell this is rasputin during the collapse like the the witness and the witness's powers are here, destroying the solar system, and and Sabathun and, Sabathun. and Rasputin is watching it happen, and Nazarek. And this is Rasputin's yeah, interpretation re- of it.
0: We really did have a famous solar system there for a while. Yeah, we with, did full, full of <laughs> darkness. Like that's the collapse was was a lot bigger deal than I think even we as guardians or we as players interpreted yeah. as like it this was a this was this was supposed to be the end of this system the, the end of the soul system the end of the traveler the end of everything and like as, as much as Savathun is I, I, is she batshit crazy I don't know like I <laughs> in my head she is it's like she saved us like
1: yeah we still don't know all the details there but from yeah.
0: Rasputin's
2: point of view he writes this about this time period I bear an old name. It cannot be killed. They
1: were my brothers and sisters, and their names were immortal too. But titanomancy came, and now those names live in me alone. I think, and think is what I do. I am alone. At the end of things, when the world goes dim and cold or hot and close, or it all tears apart from the atom up, I will shout those names defiant, and past the end I will endure, I alone. They made me to be stronger than them, to beat the unvanquished and survive the unthinkable and look Look, lo, behold, I am
2: here, alone, survivor. They made me to learn. Everything died, but
1: I survived, and I learned from it. From it. Consider it, the power. Titanomach, world ender, and consider what it means. I met it at the gate of the garden and I recall it smiled at me before it devoured the blossoms with black flame and pinned their names across the sky. It was stronger than everything. I fought it with aurora knives and with the stolen unfire of singularities made sharp, and my my sweat was earthquake and my breath was static, but it
2: was stronger. So how did I survive? I am alone. I survived alone.
1: I cast off the shield and I shrugged my shoulders so that the billions fell off me down into the ash. They made me to be stronger than them and to learn. And I
2: learned well. It is alone and it is strong and it one, even over
1: the gardener and she held power beyond me but the gardener did not shrug and make herself alone it always
2: wins i am made to win and now i see the way and that's the end of that fragment
0: i th- this this card like put a bunch of like this like connected a thousand dots for me like Rasputin it so Rasputin is calling it the thing that it calls it that's the witness yes that's the darkness yep. that is the winnower when it 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 literally calls the traveler the gardener yep like this is a definitive thing now the traveler is the gardener the witness is the winnower it, it calls the it calls it something else titanomaths
1: uh, Titanomach.
0: Titanomach. Was that another, like, uh, a checksum uh, part of the code for the previous uh, entry?
1: Uh, No. So, um, Titanomach is... I'm assuming that's
0: what he's calling The Witness. But he keeps saying it instead of Titanomach.
1: So, Titanomach is the event. It is the collapse. Gotcha. Gotcha. It it translates into literally Battle of Titans.
0: Okay. Yep, that's I mean, and that's pretty appropriate naming there.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, to play devil's advocate a little bit, so it the it definitely referring to the witness and and the the black fleet. Uh, the gardener is definitely in reference to the traveler. I don't know that Rasputin has any reason to be referring to the traveler as gardener in the same way that we think of Gardner from unveiling
0: oh yeah sure uh sure.
1: it's not capitalized in here and the traveler literally terraformed a bunch of planets it's not un- be a, thinkable yeah. to think Gardner might be a name it would come up with for it okay. but it is I'll, quite the coincidence <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll, I'll i'll err on the side of caution here how about that yeah but without the air of caution, they fucking call me. Like, the Traveler <laughs> is the gardener. That means that the witness is the winner. This is definitive now. I'm calling that definitive. Minus oh. my little like yeah. checksum there.
1: Yeah. Definitive until proven otherwise.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just like I was a refugee now, running to get away from the collapse, the Titanomach. And then I was shot in the head by a soldier because reasons.
1: Yeah. Uh Another interesting thing to point out here, so Rasputin survived the collapse,
0: obviously. Uh, But even he doesn't know how.
1: Well, he's, he's kind of explaining it. He survived the collapse by giving up on his directive to protect humanity. Uh, he says, Shit. "I survived alone. I cast off the shield and shrugged my shoulders so that the billions fell off me and down into the ash." So
0: that's that's got to be morally like crushing, right?
1: Yeah, I, I'm interpreting that I cast off my shield as I I stopped protecting humanity, and I you know shrugged my soldiers so the billions fell off me. I think the billions being the war Sure, the war sats maybe literally fell out of orbit and down into the ash and Rasputin went
2: into hiding.
0: Like, I mean, like, what does that mean? Like, what, like God, why, why would he give up his most, like his most key directive of like protect humanity? And he's just like, fuck it. That thing won. Like it even says it here. It won. It is powerful. Like referring to the witness. I think maybe, maybe
1: what Rasputin learned is a little bit of sword logic. Oh. I am alone. I survived alone. It is alone, and it is strong, and it won. It always wins. I am made to win, and now I see the way.
0: Well, shit. It was
1: made to learn. It learned from learn
0: sword logic holy shit
1: and so it cast off the shield you know oh, metaphorically to pick
0: out up the here. sword get the fuck out of here that's brilliant okay that's i'm i'm on board with this that's brilliant yeah. that's that's fucking brilliant it learns sword logic just so that way it could because presumably it would it would know that the collapse would have to end, and so it like Rasputin would have to survive past then. Yeah. Because I think at this point, I I think at this point Rasputin is is now almost almost hoping that humanity just kind of survives. Like I think it's, so. It's like if if you look at like all the data as a whole, like it's in all this, it's in all the the um oh god, I've already exodus it sent all the exodus ships out it's it sent it, it sent hundreds of things out um the the sub mine that was that was partitioned off in the spire sent off the one with all the all the exos and everything like all these things have escaped he's done as much as he could to now then learn sword logic and be like okay now i have to become stronger but i can't be defeated because if i'm defeated then that's the end of it like that's that's that's, that's sword logic. I, I am defeated, therefore I no longer exist, and therefore the other guy is the better of the two. But if I can learn from it, if I can, if I can go into hiding and not be destroyed, then I can use sword logic to my advantage and go against it at some future point in time.
1: That, that's, my, that's my thought. That's
0: kind of brilliant. I like that. I really, really like that.
1: Now, clearly that's not exactly how things end up, as we know. From right. from our time with Thrasputin in the current season and, and throughout the the playable Destiny timeline, but at the time it studied the witness, determined this is how it is stronger than the Traveler, stronger than the Gardener. I can be that strong, uh, if I, you know, if I rewrite my directive essentially. If I'm no longer the shield that protects humanity uh, and maybe instead becomes the sword that avenges it.
0: That's cool. I like that. I really, really like it.
1: So we see in the final reading for tonight, we see Rasputin initiate this retreat, this shutdown. Uh, this is in Ghost Fragment Rasputin 3 from Destiny 1 and in it, Rasputin kind of printout, says, This is in all-assets imperative. Cauterize, disperse, estivate. Total strategic collapse imminent. Fenrir Hart reports complete operational mortality. Surtur drown in progress, but negative effect. Forecasts unanimously predict terminal failure. A hard civilization kill event is in progress across the operational area. I am declaring Yuga Sundown effective on receipt. Cancel counterforce objectives. Cancel population protection objectives. Format moral structures for midnight exigent. Execute long hold for reactivation. AI Rasputin
2: signing off. And that's the end that's,
0: of that. That's that had to have been a hard call. Like e- even for an AI like that had to have been like a genuinely hard like it's, he God,
1: literally that's... rewrote
2: his kind of core yeah directive. Jesus. So with that
1: Rasputin's time during the golden age and the collapse comes to an end with him shutting down and going into hiding. And that is where we will pick up on our next episode. Yay.
0: Um, okay. Well, uh, shout outs.
1: Yes, we have some shout outs tonight. Uh, so the first of which coming to us from Apple, uh Apple podcast review from Pajamas Pat is Oh, like Pajamas. <laughs> is, their message says, "Thank you for all the hard work you put into each episode. It makes the lore so much more accessible, which is my favorite part of the Destiny universe. The voices that Myth uses during the recordings are incredible. Yeah. And make the reading so dramatic and great." <laughs> Uh, Zori Alice al- always has great reactions and makes connections between different readings that show a bigger picture. Great work all around. Can't wait to hear you two talk about Lightfall and the new lore.
0: That's, well, thank that's, you. That's the goal. Like, it's... it's The lore of Destiny, like, again, they're getting really, really good at it now. Like, they're getting a lot better at, like, giving you this information kind of up front and telling you these stories. But, like, so much of... of Destiny up until, hell, basically up until the Witch Queen was really kind of, I don't want to say inaccessible, but, like, you had to go hunt it down. Yeah. And it it was so true in D1. Like, there's so many little collectibles and findables and this lore and that lore and that and it's so spread out across so many different pieces of and I mean we've shown it here different armor, different guns, different lore books, different ghost fragments, different everything, like cutscenes and little sayings and little quims and little end of mission chatter stuff like it, there's all these little pieces to this greater whole and that's 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 what I like doing here is is putting all that together and creating an actual timeline of events yeah. so yeah, thank you thank you very much um. And Myths' voice are freaking awesome.
1: I I am glad you think so. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, it's it's been super enjoyable. As someone that I really sunk my teeth into the FromSoft games, Dark Souls and Demon Souls, and and their storytelling is even more minimalistic. I uh, as far as like what you're handed. And very much relies on you digging through the item descriptions and trying to make connections. And, and that's a lot of what we, we find with the Destiny lore. Um,
0: first, first thing myth does is open up the inventory <laughs> and read all the guns and armor. <laughs>
1: that's exactly what I do every new season. Uh, I might finish the campaign of Lightfall before I get too far into that. But uh, So our next shout out comes to us from Tom on Twitter. Uh, and Hi, Tom they say found you guys this past week pods are great from across the pond keep up the top work
0: so thank yeah. you yeah i know i know uh i know y'all have bife he's he's his production value is way higher than ours <laughs> i know if you go across the other pond they've got myelin so again his production value is way higher than ours uh but yeah we're glad uh we're glad that we reach as many people as we do like it's yeah. it's kind of uh it's kind of humbling to think that you know that we're being listened to in 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 Europe and I mean presumably everywhere like it's, Europe, it's Asia really Africa, Australia South America
1: it's really incredible so um Pod being the the platform we use to to host things um gives a uh a breakdown of where different uh episodes have been downloaded from geographically and it is crazy to international to see baby some of the some of the different areas uh that, now, if that we get a download have from some of our episodes. Yeah I, I don't <laughs> think
0: that one's ever gonna happen. <laughs> Just... I hate it. Art Artemis one, right? aries one no artemis the next moon mission
1: oh oh, yes 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 yeah well
0: yeah if some if
1: someone can get cell
0: reception up there (laughs) (laughs) please please just be a fan of destiny and download our podcast on the moon i'd fucking lose my goddamn mind
1: that would be that would be pretty incredible i'm not gonna lie lose
0: my fucking mind like literally like i could i who tops that like how do you top (laughs) that hey where's your podcast downloaded at it was downloaded on the moon what do you got? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, so thank you. And to not only, you know, our uh European listeners, but uh we have listeners in South America, we have listeners in Eastern Asia, Australia, some parts of Africa, crazy enough. Uh so I like
0: I fucking that's love it. Incredible. That's awesome. But yeah, thank you, Tom.
1: Yeah. Uh next shout out tonight is from Cody Allen. Uh, who on Twitter said, been listening for a while now, and I just wanted to say, this is the Destiny Lore podcast. Great job, guys. Tuesday never comes soon enough.
0: Well, now I got to change the intro. (laughs) We're not just a Destiny 2 Lore podcast. We are the Destiny 2 Lore podcast. I love it. That's fucking awesome.
1: It is. It feels good. Thank you. Uh, And our last shout out for this evening... Um, comes to us from a dryonic, I think is what that is. I they say, I just discovered you guys. And it is so refreshing because going through all of this myself was nearly impossible, but I'm like mind blown with all my questions being answered.
0: It, it is. It's like, like I said, myth will literally spend like a whole day just reading shit. And I'm like, dude, I've got the attention span of a dead squirrel and that's not happening. So that's why I rely on Myth to do all my homework for me.
1: <laughs> well, I was doing it every, anyway, so <laughs>
0: every once in a while I'll I'll get a connection or I'll read something and I'll get on something, but typically I yeah, I'm I'm just as lazy as as the next guy and yeah, again, that's I I like I like being able to do that here. I like being able to take multiple entries and multiple different sources and piece together this this and I say I Myth pieces it all together and creates a timeline out of all of it. And, and, and I'm able to enjoy and share with it and kind of bounce ideas off of them. And it's, yeah, that's, that's what we're here for. Absolutely. So thank you.
1: And you're, you're not wrong. It is definitely a harrowing, uh, you know, it, if you're trying to dive into stuff for the first time and, and if you haven't been invested in the destiny world, especially for, uh, you know, as long as, as we have almost, and you're
0: almost 10 years now.
1: Yeah. Uh, and you're just, you know, only been in it for a, a year or two and, and there's all these terms and characters and things like it, it is very overwhelming. So, uh, to hear that we are able to provide a more digestible version and, and help people understand some of these really awesome stories and, and characters and such, uh, that's, that's always been one of the big goals. So that's, that's good to hear that we're accomplishing that
0: yeah all right well uh any others
1: uh that is it for our shout outs for the evening but uh for those that are are curious or interested uh, you can leave us a comment either on your platform of choice in the the rating system there or you can reach out on twitter uh at myths and stories Z instead of an s and uh we try and get around to those every now and then and you may hear yourself on one of these shout outs in a future episode.
0: Yeah. Well, and I guess I got to give uh I guess I got to give the special thank you. Uh I'm going to thank Dave. Thank you, Dave, for being around <laughs> so I could tell you how you snore so badly. Now I'm going to kill you in your sleep, Dave. See, AIs are fucking creepy. We can't thank the AIs cuz that's just fucking creepy. I can't do it. I'll thank Dave. I'm not thanking an AI. That shit scares the shit out of me. Again, it's all science fiction until it's science fact.
1: Oh
0: that's that's scary. But yeah, to 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 kind of go back to uh also one of the uh one of the previous shoutouts uh where they said can't wait to hear you talk about lightfall in the new lore. Just be patient <laughs> and be ready <laughs> because that's gonna happen. And I'm ready to lose my mind over it. So yeah. Um yes. Keep keep your eyes up and your uh, ears open, and uh, there may be some uh, special episodes coming. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Smith? That is it. All righty. Then from all of us lore daddies to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next time.